have not seen and ears have not heard what he has prepared for those that love I don't mean to get emotional sometimes. I guess maybe I get a little too emotional. But I love him. And I fail him. But I love him this morning. That he made a way. That he made a way for all of mankind. And one day after a while, it's going to be a meeting like we've never experienced before. There'll be no more pain. No more heartache. No more death. No more war. All peace. It'll never end. We'll be there as the ages roll on. That's amazing to me. God's love is eternal. This morning I I need your prayers. Anything else on your heart this morning before we go any further in the service? Anything? This might seem a little different, I guess. I want to. I have a great interest, like I said, that you pray for me this morning. I, this service is so special. And I don't ever want to mishandle it. The Lord has instituted His church. He set it up. He organized it. I believe uh, the Scripture talks about there how He had went up into the mountain. And when it came, He come down off the mountain and He chose twelve whom He would. And He set up His church. He called to Him who He would. He chose out twelve. He set up and organized His church. He commissioned them. He gave her two ordinances to observe. The Lord, he gave baptism, that we are to be buried with Christ. And then he also, which, uh, you know, which is a picture of his death, burial, and his resurrection. To show the world, to let your light shine, to show the world that you're a new creature, that the old man has done away with, that you're a new creature in Christ. He also instituted the Lord's Supper. We'll get to that shortly, but those are the two ordinances that He gave us to observe. This morning, began to ponder on this subject. I told you last week that uh, the Lord has given us a thought, and I want to try to bring that out if the Lord will help us. Thought about our Easter service and different things coming up, and I want these things to be a help to you. Uh, Again, to think about uh, man. Began to think about the garden. 
God created everything on the sixth day. We began to study some of that this morning in Sunday school. And for time's sake, I'll not go through everything, but He created uh, the fish of the sea. He created trees, and He planted them in the dirt that they might come forth and bring fruit. Begin to think about those things, and fish cannot live outside of water. We know that. Trees cannot live unless they have soil to grow in. And He created those things, and He said that it was good. And He created man. Began to think about His creation of man, and man, uh, listen, I want you to understand something this morning that God created man because He loved man. But God didn't need us to exist. But my friend, this morning, for a human being, for man to truly exist, He needs God. Just like a, a fish out of water, He cannot live, He'll die. Just like a tree uh, that's planted in soil, if you uproot that tree, it will die. And man, without God, he will die. I know this morning that uh, all of us will die. Uh, But I'm talking about the second death. I'm talking about a man going on and living forever, as we talked about this morning. So I want you to keep all those things in mind. Uh, This subject, I feel like, is... uh, As I always say, it don't take much to get over my head. Uh, But anyway, pray for us. Last week, I began to think about that. Uh, If we didn't get anything through our message last week, I want you to know and understand by the time that we're done with this subject that Jesus Christ is God. And uh, I think I tried to do a pretty good job of, of proving that and Uh, according to the Scriptures, and we talked about the Trinity, we talked about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, and uh, we want you to understand that all of those three make up the one, Uh, but they all have independent offices. Now, we won't try to move on. Uh, I don't necessarily like controversial subjects, and I don't tend to this to be one, but... uh, I feel like I've got to preach my convictions, so uh, the conviction that God gives me. I want to take for some text, and we won't be over here very long, out of the second chapter of the book of Genesis, and pray for us this morning. Second chapter of the book of Genesis. Brother Moran done a wonderful job in Old Union Minister School explaining uh, the image of God. And uh, I may not have got his title exactly correct, but he done a wonderful job, and so did Brother Don, explaining a deep subject of the love of God. He explained what love was, and I appreciate that. This morning, I want to look here in the seventh verse. It said, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, 
and man became a living soul. And we talked a little bit about this last week, uh, but I believe, and I believe the Scripture will point to it this morning, that man uh, is a twofold being. Uh, that man has a body and he has a soul. Now God has given him the ability to have will as far as being able to choose. Uh, and uh, I know some people out there uh, tend to believe that there is a, a threefold being, and I have made mention of this before, I have a hard enough time understanding a twofold being. Uh, but none the least, uh, that's the way that I see it. But he said that God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, man was not uh, in the image of God as far as in this fleshly form, but he was in the uh, image of God, if you will, as far as in the spiritual form. And uh, as Brother Moran uh, began to talk about that, but he became a living soul as far as in the spirit. And God took man and he placed him in the garden that he might uh, keep it. It said, And the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And we know the Scripture goes on that uh, God had uh, caused man to sleep into a deep sleep, and he took a rib from his side, and he formed woman. And, uh, but God had given him this commandment. He said of every tree, as he placed him in the garden, he said of every tree in the garden, you shall freely eat of it. He gave him charge, as we made mention this morning in Sunday school, that he might be able to name all the beasts. He gave him charge to keep the garden and to dress the garden. And uh, he began here to tell him of every tree you can eat of. He said, but of this one tree, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And we know therein that uh, the serpent came and he beguiled Eve, the Bible says. And she did eat. And she gave to her husband, and he did eat also. Now, I don't know how long that they were uh, together walking in fellowship with God up to this point. We, we don't know. I, I can't tell you today, and I'm not afraid to tell you that I don't know. But I know uh, that they had fellowship with God. And things was good. The Bible says that uh, he walked in the coolness of day. I believe that Adam had a communication there with God. And God spoke to him. And God had fellowship with him. But just as soon as he broke God's law, the one thing that God had commanded him not to do, the first thing that they did was went and sowed fig leaves that they might be able to hide themselves. Now their eyes was opened unto their nakedness. And my friend, this morning, I want you to understand something. Uh, that you're not going to get there by works. Uh, I want you to understand that they began to take those fig leaves and sow them around themselves that they might be able to hide their nakedness. And this morning, uh, you're not going to be able uh, to enter into the portals of glory by any form of work this morning. Uh, it comes by the grace of God through faith. 
that you uh, go to the Lord in faith realizing this morning uh, that you're a sinner in the eyes of God, that you have broken His commandment, uh, that you have broken those things, that we are all sinners because we come from a father Adam. Now, they began to take those fig leaves and sow those that they might cover themselves. If you remember, it goes on to say that the Lord here said, And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? You remember that time when you was lost and separated from God and God began to reach out to you and He said, Where art thou? He began to speak to your heart and He began to draw you. You realized that you had transgressed the law of God. He began to speak to your heart. And He said, When I heard thy voice in the garden, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And my friend, this morning, that's the way that it is, or at least that's the way that it was for me when I was lost and separated from God. I wanted to crawl down in the deepest, darkest hole that there was because I realized that I was a sinner. I wanted to hide myself. I wanted to be as far away from the presence of God that I could because I knew that I was lost and separated from Him and bound for hell if I died at that moment. Now, I realize this morning there's a lot of people that say, you're telling me at nine years old that you was afraid of going to hell. Absolutely I was. Absolutely I was. I don't know the age this morning of the age of accountability. I don't, I don't know when that age is, but I know when it was for me. And I'll tell you, I was just like David over there. He said that he found trouble and sorrow. There was trouble that come upon me. And I was brought low. But I'm just like David when he said, He helped me. David cried out and he said, I beseech thee, Lord, deliver my soul. And my friend, I don't remember what prayer I prayed, but I know this much, I know that God delivered my soul. Now, he said, I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who has told thou that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof thou commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Listen, God already knows. And He knows this morning your condition. He knows this morning where you stand in His presence. Lord God said unto woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. We know then that the Lord began to tell her in the 15th verse, he said, I will put into me between thee and woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his, his heel. And the last verse says of this chapter, of the 24th verse, So he drove out man, and he placed at the east of the garden of, excuse me, he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubim, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And this morning, Jesus Christ is that tree of life. And He put the flaming sword, the Word, that it might tell us, that it might be a help to us, that God's Word, that we might realize what condition that we are, that it might speak to our hearts. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And we hear the Word of God. We know this morning that the Scripture says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. 
And this morning, that's what Jesus began to proclaim. Now, I want to get on into my text. There's a whole lot of doctrine out there that's preached and uh, a lot of it, I'll just be honest with you, is uh, foolish. Uh, and it's our duty, it's our job to speak the truth to the best that we can take. It's our duty. It's our reasonable service to stand upon the truth. To stand upon God's Word. The church that He commissioned, which is the ground and the pillar of truth that we're able to stand to promote those things. Began to think about the Lord Jesus, and we told you last week how uh, He was conceived of a virgin, and how that the Holy Spirit uh, had implanted that seed therein to that virgin Mary's womb, and how that she did, He overshadowed her, and how she did conceive and bring forth a son, and His name was Jesus. Emmanuel, which is God with us. want to take the rest of our text from over here, from the 32nd chapter, excuse me, 23rd chapter of the book, the Gospel of Luke, in the 32nd verse. A couple of, two or three weeks ago, had someone ask me a question. I've had a lot of things that's been on my heart for a long time. A question didn't come from anybody here. But they ask, along the lines of, where did Jesus go when He died? Some people in the world today preach that He descended into hell and He preached there. Uh, that's foolishness. And that ain't what I believe. And we want to try to look at a few things this morning with God being our help. He was all God and all man. He was there from the very beginning and He'll be there to the very end. The 23rd chapter, starting at the 32nd verse. And there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. And they were come to the place which is called Calvary. They were crucified with him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And the superscription also is written over him in the letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were railed on him, saying, 
If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Doest thou uh, fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? For we indeed justly, for we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And Jesus cried with a loud voice. He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And I want to stop there for just a moment. I've heard different people make explanations about as Jesus, as we read about there in the Matthew's account in the 26th chapter, when Jesus cried out and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, I've heard some say this morning that, uh, uh, not here, but I've heard some say that, uh, well, that Jesus died spiritually. And I want you to understand something this morning. With God being my help, I, I want to try to bring, this is some stuff that's been on my heart for a while. I, uh, folks, I love this old time way. I love the Word of God, and I love what it stands for. And my friend, I want to preach the truth this morning. Uh, but I'll tell you, if we're not careful, uh, we're living in a day and time where there's all kinds of things that's being preached. But my friend, I'm thankful that if we dig hard enough in His Word, that His truth will reveal itself to us. Now listen, when He cried out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? And it become dark. My friend, I want you to know that in, I believe it's 1 Corinthians there in the 5th chapter, it says that He became sin for us. My friend, that all of the transgression from the beginning of Adam all the way to the last man that would ever be born, all of that sin, all of that transgression was placed upon Him. And my friend, God could not look upon it. God could not look upon that sin. This morning I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the things that you've done in your life. You think about how many times that you let Him down. I realize what Paul said. He said, don't go back, but go forward. But I want you to remember what Jesus Christ has done for me and for you. Every time I failed Him, every time I've let Him down, every time I've been like Peter and I've denied Him, every time I've done this or I've done that, my friend, He took all of that sin, every bit of it. And I believe that when He bore that sin, not only did He bear it, and forgive me for everything that I'd done up until I was saved, but I believe He forgave me for everything I was going to do. And He cast it as far as from the east is from the west. Never to be remembered again. 
There's times I get away from God. There's times that uh, maybe I'm not where I need to be spiritually and I have to go to Him and say, God, would you help me? But I've never been separated from Him like I was when I was lost. I was separated from Him. I couldn't feel Him. I knew without Him I was going to die. All of that sin. He bore it all. As they placed the crown of thorns upon His head and not just placed it on Him, they marred it down on His head. He done that for me. Every thorn that entered into His flesh, He felt that. That was part of my sin. Oh, the whipping, all the scorching. Every time Brother Don mentioned this, the love of God, they beat Him with their fists. They beat on Him. They mocked Him. They spit on Him. Listen, they spit on Him like He was trash. That's the Savior of the... Listen to me this morning. That's our King. They plucked His beard hair from Him. They done everything that they could to provoke Him. They said, if you be the Son of God, bring yourself down off that cross. He hung there for love. I want to read to you this. I'll get back to this in just a moment. I told you this subject's bigger than I am. First Peter in the third chapter says, For Christ, 18th verse, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, made alive, by which also we went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now some say, well, that's when He descended into the lower parts and He preached into the, uh, uh, the spirits there in prison. That's not what that's talking about. Which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing wherein few that is, that eight souls were saved by water. Meaning that, uh, that Noah and his family entered into the ark and that Jesus Christ was there in spirit preaching through Noah that those people might be saved and enter into the ark. That's what I believe. <coughs> to say that Jesus could die spiritually is saying that God can die. God can't die. Now I realize that He laid His body down, but God is eternal. His Spirit's eternal, and He cannot die. So where did He go? Well, 
that thief that hung on the cross beside of him said this. You'll remember it wasn't too long before this. The same thief had mocked him, had reviled him, done everything he could in the world. I'm telling you, this thief, he had a change of heart. And I believe he had fear, godly fear. I believe he had godly sorrow that worketh unto repentance. Not to be repented of. But he said, Doest thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? He said, For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man had done nothing amiss. He realized who he was. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Jesus looked over at him and he said, Verily I say unto you, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now that word today means today. And I believe in my heart, as Jesus said, when he and said, When Jesus cried with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he gave up the ghost. Jesus had full confidence in his Father. Hebrew letter says that he came to do the will of his Father. That's what Jesus came to do, was to fulfill the Father's will. Where did he go? I believe just as soon as he drawed his last breath, he was there in the presence of the Father. He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my he looked over at that thief and he said, Today thou shalt be in paradise. And I believe, listen to me, God is not a liar. He keeps his promises. And I believe just as surely as that thief opened up his eyes, he drawed his last breath. He was in paradise. There to be evermore with the Father. I've heard some say this. I'm about to close. Y'all might say, Preacher, I'm just as lost as, as I can be. I'm sorry. I don't want to make this confusion. I don't want to, I don't want to be confused. But I've got to preach my conviction of what God gives me. In Hebrew letter in the ninth chapter, in the eleventh verse, it says, But Christ being come and high priest of good things, come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and of ashes and heifers sprinkling the unclean sanctify the pure and of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Over here in the 10th chapter in the 7th verse, He says, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of this book is written of me to do, the will of, to do Thy will, O God. 
and above, and above when he said, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. Neither hast thou pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he might establish the second. By which we will have a sanct- sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And I want to stop there for a moment. I've heard uh, Brother Moran put it this way. I don't mean to put words in his mouth. He entered in through the portals of glory. He offered his perfect sacrifice. Father, I've done what you've sent me to do. I've completed the work. And he made the perfect sacrifice. They offered those sheep. If you'll remember, Egypt was brought out of, excuse me, the children of Israel was led up out of Egypt. God had commanded them to observe as a memorial that they might offer up a a lamb without a spot or a blemish. They was to observe that lamb for four days. And on the fourteenth day, they was to sacrifice that lamb. With bitter herbs, they was to have of it. And they was to observe that, and there was to be nothing left. Jesus Christ is that lamb. John said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. He's the Lamb. He came to do His work. And this morning I want you to know that He is evermore with the Father in heaven making intercession on our behalf. This morning, He's eternal. He is God. He came to do the will of the Father. I realize this morning you might say, Brother Casey, that's the most odd Lord's Supper prayer of preaching I've ever heard. I can't help it. That's just what God laid on my heart. But I'll say this. I'm thankful that he went all the way. We say all the time that he could have called upon ten legions of angels. He could have destroyed it all. He's going to destroy it all. He comes as a gentle lamb. When he returns, he'll come as a lion to the tribe of Judah. This morning, aren't you thankful that He overcame everything? I see my weaknesses. I see my errors. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, kept all the law. There were 613 points. I failed the first one. He kept them all. Ever dot, ever tittle. Everything that we couldn't do because of Adam and his sin. 
He did it. God told Eve. He said, He shall crush his head, but he'll bruise his heel. Isaiah says that he was bruised for our transgressions. He was bruised. But he did it because he loves us. I told you before, I believe man is a two-fold being. He, he has a will. He has a choice. Listen this morning. God desires that we do His will. That we bring honor and glory to His name. But He didn't program us like robots to walk around just doing it. He gave us a choice. This morning, let us serve Him to the best of our ability. When we fail, just as I have to do every day, Lord, I failed you again. Church, there's coming a day when I won't fail him no more. There's coming a day when I won't let him down no more. I'm looking forward to that day. Until that day comes, let us serve him to the best of our ability, knowing that he went all the way for us. I realize this morning as we observe him, we'll probably close out our Facebook, I guess we probably already have we observe our Lord's Supper this morning. I know there's a lot of people that say that I'm not worthy. There's none of us that's worthy. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, every one of us. But he said to do it not unworthy. Almost meaning the same thing. Listen, let us have our heart in the right place this morning when we observe this Lord's Supper. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance of what He done for us. The pain, the suffering. But He went all the way. Listen to me. If you don't get anything from this today, He made a way for me and for you. His desire is that you might be saved. And if He saved you to the uttermost and He's given you a home in heaven, let us praise His holy name. Oh, I'll ask the deacons if they'll come forward this morning.